The opinions expressed on the following program are those of the program sponsor, Shadow of His Wings Ministry, and its hosts and callers, and may not reflect those of KSLR or Salem Communications. The content of this program may not be suitable for young listeners and is intended for a mature audience. Parents are strongly encouraged to use discretion with children who may be listening. Share comments with Shadow of His Wings Ministry at 210-887-9007 or online at shadowofhiswingsministry.com. Done its part and let him reign in my life and my heart. And love is done its part. Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds with Lee and Shay Preston, directors of Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We pray those who feel forgotten by Christ or who don't feel worthy to call upon the name of Jesus can come to find His hope, His grace, His healing, and ultimately His love. Let's listen in as Lee and Shay seek to offer real answers to life's tough questions. Well, good evening. We're glad you're here tonight, and we are glad to be here. It's a beautiful Sunday. We got a little rain, and now we've got a little sunshine, so we're getting the best of both worlds. We're hoping that you have uh, had a great Sunday and a great weekend. We also pray that you've uh, found God's blessings this weekend. We are uh, here tonight. Uh, we're glad to be here. I'm here with my wife, Shay. Hi, Shay. Good evening. We're just glad to, to come. Sometimes it's uh, difficult to get moving on a Sunday afternoon to get ready to get in here. We drive in about an hour into to the studio, and but it's always a blessing once we sit down and actually get started to see what God's going to do. So we're anxious to see what he's going to actually show up and talk about tonight. Well, we're just finishing a finishing up with a three day retreat, and so um, it's been a busy, busy weekend. It has been a busy weekend. I sure appreciate all your hard work. Shay does all the cooking and does a lot of running around during the retreats, and she also takes care of me on the backside. So I appreciate <laughs> that. Not my backside, <laughs> but on the background. <laughs> Uh, that's not what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about tonight, uh, we're going to talk about love, getting to know what true love is and letting go of the counterfeit. And uh, we're just glad you're here. Uh, we are Shadow of His Wings Ministry, and this is Healing Hidden Wounds Radio. We uh, had a great weekend, and we got to see some folks that uh, have begun finding true love. And uh, we just want to, we thought it might be a good place to start tonight to kind of share what true love looks like and what are some of the counterfeits out there. We are a call-in show, and so if you'd like to call in and ask questions or if you have a comment, you're welcome to call in at 210-340-9585. She always tells me to go slower, so I'll say that one more time, 210-340-9585. Nine five eight five. We'd love to hear. Well, from that you. just gives everybody a chance to get a pen or and a piece of paper or whatever they have to do to write the number down. Absolutely. Well, we also want to talk about a retreat that's coming up. We have a Journey to Freedom retreat coming up in July, and it will be July tenth through the twelfth. Uh, Journey to Freedom. Uh, is a great retreat that we do for folks who are struggling with same-sex attraction. So if you know of someone who struggles in that area and wants to find freedom from unwanted same-sex attraction and, and homosexual sin, we would love to have them there. 
And you're welcome to go on our website at www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com. That's shadowofhiswingsministry.com. And uh, check it out. I don't know for sure we have that exact date up there yet, but you can certainly find out information about the retreat and about our ministry. Right, and you can always, if you um, if you have any questions or want to contact us, you can also call us at our office, which is 210-887-9007. I don't know about you all, now, but that seemed pretty fast to me. So. Well, <laughs> now we're not wanting to confuse you with a bunch of numbers and addresses and all that stuff. For the So the important one right now is, is for a call-in show. It's 340 340- Nine five eight five. And why don't we pray before we jump in tonight? Amen. Well, Father, I do thank you that your love is what has set us free. It was your love that sent your son. It was your love that put him on the cross. And it was your love that caused him to stay there. And it was ultimately his love that uh, that allowed him to see our hurt to the point that he was willing to sacrifice himself for us. And so may we see your love tonight. May we see the counterfeits to love. May we see those things that block the love that you have for us. Because, Lord, it seems interesting to me that that we can say that we know that you're loved, but there's so many people who struggle sometimes with actually feeling your love and knowing how much you do love us. It's one thing to say, oh, yes, I know Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. But it's another to say, you know what? I feel his love. I feel his presence. I feel him telling me how deep in love with with me he is and how he wants me to be deeply in love with him. And I just pray for that love tonight. And I pray for any obstacles would, that would come down that might keep others from seeing that love. And I pray for those lonely hearts out there who need this word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're going to start with a a wonderful verse. You may have already heard it. You may know it, but it's uh, worth repeating. It's Romans 8, 38. It says, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. And that's the New Living Translation, and that's Romans 8.38. And I, I just love that that place in the in the Bible, that, that constant message that I believe seems to be woven into the Bible throughout the Old Testament and the New, that talks about just how much God's love is for us, and it can we will never be separated from it. And we're starting with what love is tonight versus starting with what love isn't because we always think it's uh, best to look at what's the truth first. And um, I read an article one time about how uh, how it's, you determine counterfeit money. And they don't teach you to, to, to look at, for counterfeit money by showing you all of the counterfeit money that could be out there. They show you the genuine first and you and you study the genuine that you you look at all the details and the and the characteristics of the absolute genuine currency and that way you can always tell what's counterfeit because you know what's genuine first and so that's what we're doing tonight is we're going to be looking at what true love looks like and what it is and where it all began and it starts 
with Jesus' love, his love for us. We can only love because he first loved us. And some of you may be thinking, you know, I've heard this before. You know, of course, I know Jesus loves us. That's great. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. But I want you to stay tuned. I want you to think a little bit about what do you really know about his love and what do you do that may sometimes keep you from feeling his love or maybe what's happened in your life that keeps you from feeling just how much he loves you. And I know folks have said to me before, I've heard it plenty of times, I've heard folks say, well, you know, sometimes the Christian walk isn't about a feeling, it's about just a knowing. And by faith, I know he loves me. But I believe that it's by faith, and I also believe that it's meant to be a feeling. You know, I think it's meant, we're meant to feel Christ's love. And so I just encourage you and I challenge you tonight to begin looking at what you do know about Jesus' love and perhaps where you might be having some blockages to knowing his love. So let's look a little bit about uh, at, at Jesus' love tonight. <clears throat> First of all, I think Jesus' love is full of compassion. I think compassion is a great thing. It's looking at somebody. This is my definition. I'm not, I'm not a dictionary, but my definition is, is that compassion is looking at someone and being able to feel for their, their situation, feel for who they are, feel for what they are, and have a feeling of just putting yourself in their shoes. And uh, I think that's compassion. That's, it's a love that says, I want to know all you feel and what you know. So, so what would be your, what would be on your heart as your favorite thing about Christ's love regarding compassion? I think my favorite thing about Christ's love regarding just His love in genuine, including compassion, uh, His love in genu- general, is is His unconditional love. That love that says, you know what. I can, I have messed up my life. I have made mistakes. I've gone on the wrong directions. I've gone, I've gone down roads that I don't think he planned for me, but his love for me was always sufficient. His love was always enough to bring me home. Hmm. So I believe it's his unconditional love that I see, I look at the most. Right. How about you? Well, I guess that's because that's kind of what brought you home. That's what brought you back to him. Absolutely. And he never stopped pursuing. I I want people to understand that as well. God is a great pursuer of us. And so I believe that that unconditional love says, you messed up, you wandered away, you strayed. I'm still going to follow you. I'm still looking for you. I'm still going to find that one lost sheep. I've heard him referred to as the hound of heaven before. And I like that because that's what I felt about him. There were many times I turned away from him and, and got to know him and then said, okay, I love you. Uh-oh, you didn't do it the way I wanted you to do it, Jesus, so I'm out of here. I don't love you. I don't know who you are. Mm. And he still kept wandering after me and saying, are you, you know, are you sure you don't want to know my love? And I'm still here, and I'm still going to love you even if you don't know who I am yet. Yeah. And I just love that unconditional place about him. Amen. Damn. How about you? What do you think is your favorite thing about Jesus' love? Oh, I would have to say, I mean, you know, I just think it's his grace. I just think, you know, grace, and maybe those are the same. Maybe what you were talking about is the same. But for me, grace 
just knowing, you know, the things I've done and how I've gone against him and even, you know, hated him at times and just been angry um, because of some things I had gone through in my life. Um, you know, for him to love me still, you know, and uh, and just knowing that I was special in his eyes, I think that's just, that's the greatest thing, you know, because even in my brokenness, you know, even today when I, you know, disappoint him, and, and I don't say we disappoint God because he knows everything. He knows what we're going to do and but I still feel like, you know, there's times when, you know, our sin, even in our brokenness, we sadden, you know, we sadden the heart of God. Amen. And so even in that, he just keeps providing me grace. And man, I just am not worthy of that. Amen. And that is that unmerited favor. Amen. And, and I just, and I really don't know. You're right. I don't know the difference there. I, I can't really tell what's unconditional and what's grace, but... And if anybody has any idea, they are welcome to give us a call. That's right. That's right. At 340-9585. But I don't know that there's a lot of difference, but I know they're different. I know grace is an unmerited favor and an unconditional love is is a love that says no matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter how far you get, I will always be there. And my love will not change for you. And, uh, and I love that about him. So when did you feel this? The, when was the first time that you remember ever feeling unconditional love? Well, or I think his I, unconditional love. Yes, I think I felt the unconditional love of Christ uh, for the first time when I was about, I guess I would say I had to be about 28 years old. Um, and I was absolutely at the end of my rope. And I was actually absolutely in the pit of despair. Uh, I was in my junk doing sexual brokenness and, and uh, in, a, in my first marriage and not knowing what to do with it and not knowing how to be and just messing up all over the place and doing things I didn't know how to do. I had a brand new baby. And I just didn't know how to be good. I just knew how to just fail all over the place. <laughs> I was falling and failing and doing sexual junk and, and just broken. And I showed up at a Bible study in Odessa, Texas. Odessa, Texas is a great place. They call it the armpit of Texas, but it's actually, it is kind of the armpit of Texas, but it's a beautiful place with beautiful people. And I showed up at this uh, Bible study um, uh, held by a a man named Wendell Weaver. And if anybody knows him, I'd love to hear from you or, or knew him. I understand he's gone to be with the Lord. but But I was at this Bible study, and I felt God for the first time uh, I mean, I've always, I'd always kind of heard him talking to me throughout my life, but, but he said, I want you to share with these guys what you do. And I was caught up in homosexual sin and sexual brokenness. And I was like, I'm not telling these guys what I do. So about took me three, three different nights, three different Bible studies. I went to finally before I kept hearing him say, I want you to say, I want you to tell what you did. I want you to tell what you struggle with. And finally that third night I said, okay, 
And so just kind of vomited on the table and what I do, what I was doing, and my brokenness. And Wendell looked at me, and this is the first time I'd ever heard these words. I'd always heard, you know, if you don't stop, you're going to hell. You know, this is not God's best. You're not going to go to heaven. You know, God does not like this. It's a sin. I'd always heard those things. But he looked to me square in the eye and said, you know what, Lee? I don't know the first thing about your brokenness, but if Jesus can love me and my sin, I can love you and your sin. You keep on coming back here, and we will do the best we can to help you. And his words just penetrated a place in my heart that just helped me to see that that, that was Christ speaking through him. You know, that I love you, and we're going to walk you through this no matter what, and we're going to get you free and I just really, I think that's, it's just been a real motivation for me to continue to share with people any words from the Lord I think I have, because you never know whose heart you might be penetrating out there. And that was the night that I thought, man, I finally know Jesus' unconditional love, on, at least on a beginning. It was a great thing. That's How about you? Well, let me think about that a little bit. Okay. <laughs> You caught me off guard. I, I was I, I was sitting that. and I was so involved in listening to you and your story. And then I was thinking how, um, I guess I was kind of thinking about how, you know, it's interesting. And sometimes I think it's hard for people to understand that, you know, we truly can be the doorway to other people by showing them love and showing them Christ's love. Um and it's not saying that that Wendell's, you know, saying this, you know, took the place of, of Christ's ultimate perfect unconditional love, but it certainly sounds like it was a doorway. It sure that. was. And, you know, I think we are great at sometimes the church is great about being the hands and feet of Christ. You know, mm-hmm. we do pretty good at going out and doing mission work, building a home digging a well, taking care of kids, that's being the hands and feet. But I don't know that we realize sometimes just how much we can also be the heart of Christ. And I and I believe that Wendell that night was being the heart of Christ. He was allowing Jesus's heart to flow through him. And uh, it was just an amazing experience. Amen. And uh, it's just, if you haven't felt that, I, I just pray that you find it because to hear someone say and and know in your heart that that's Jesus speaking directly to me, that no matter where you go, no matter what you've done, I love you still, that's a pretty great place. Yeah. Cool. I think one of the other things that Jesus' love is is genuine. We were just kind of going through some of the different components of Christ's love. We, we, we looked at compassionate. I think it's also very genuine. His love is always very, very pure. There's not a motive behind it. Sometimes folks have problems with getting their motives involved, uh, their own motives. You know, well, I love you if, or I will love you when, or or because, or because he never had a if or when or because. It was just, I love you purely. I love you genuinely. Amen. His love is also sincere. We're going to run through these a little bit so we can start and maybe the break we'll start talking about some counterfeits. His love is also very sincere. Jesus and our God wants a relationship with us. 
they do not want a partnership. You know, sometimes people like to say, well, <laughs> I heard a, a, a phrase one time that somebody read off of a bumper sticker that said, Jesus is my co-pilot. And oh, I, yeah, that was a big saying. Right. And I liked what somebody said one time is if Jesus is your co-pilot, you're in the wrong seat. Huh. There you, you know? go. And what I learned from that is I thought about that and I thought, you know, that is spectacular because he doesn't want a partnership. He wants to he wants to be in the pilot seat. Yes. And when he is, his love really will shine through. It will continue to move in you. It will continue to bless you. It will continue to help bless others. Um, Jesus' love is also forgiving and very self-sacrificing. And it's a servant's heart. Um, and I think those are pretty great places. Well, let's talk a little bit. I know we're coming up on a break, but I want to just say one more time. We are a call-in show. And we are, our number is 210-340-9585. And before we go to the break, I'm just going to ask Shay one more time. Did you come up with a, a time when you felt his unconditional love? She thought she got out of it, but I haven't forgotten. <laughs> no, it's not that I wouldn't want to get out of it. I just don't want to give the same answer because, you know, I just go back to just the first time that... You know, that I really felt God's love and, and grace. I mean, I talked a little while ago about grace and, you know, for me, um, you know, I was, I was living in such, you know, just kind of dark places, you know, and, you know, for me, and I don't want to say, you know, again, but for me, knowing that God, the God who created everything, the God who is the maker of my heart and and gives me the breath that I breathe and all of these things would love me in spite of of the steps I've taken and the things that I did, you know, and to me that was just I think that's the the greatest unconditional love experience I've had. Amen. And, you know, I was just thinking as you were saying that, and I see your eyes. See, I wish people could see your eyes because they're full of love right now. And, you know, I can go through this list and say Jesus' love is compassionate and genuine and sincere and forgiving and self-sacrificing and it's a servant's heart. But I hope that the listeners get a, just a feeling of what you just described. Because all of those words were just encapsulated in, in, in your in what you just said. Hmm. Because unless you've seen that, unless you've experienced, you know, you can't know what kind of a, a forgiving love God has for us until you've needed forgiveness. Amen. You know, you just can't. I mean, if you think you've been pretty good in your life, you don't know the desperate need of, of knowing that you've absolutely not been good. Right. You know, I mean, when you... Sometimes we put Jesus' love in a place where we say, if we do good, then he must love us. But then how do you know that absolute love for him until you realize I absolutely have not done good? You know, I, I just, I love that place of being able to say, and not that I love have being, being broken no, or it's, sinful, yeah, exactly. but what I love is feeling that absolute freedom when you get to realize that no matter what I've done, no matter where I've gone, he has loved me all along. 
and you don't know his self-sacrificing love fully. You can grasp his death on the cross, but you can't fully grasp how much he had to sacrifice until you feel the weight of your own sin on his shoulders. Amen. You know, all the things I did, I think, man, he took that to the cross with him. All those things, all those broken places, he took them to the cross, carried them there, and then died for me. So so I just I just pray that you get to feel his absolute self-sacrificing love, his forgiving love, that servant heart of his that says, I came to serve and to love and to, and to save the lost. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit about Jesus' love. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about some of the counterfeits to love, some of the things that block love, some of the places that don't allow you to feel fully how much his love is real. And I just ask if you have any questions or comments or you want to share a story, our number is 210-340-9585. Join us when we keep talking about the counterfeits of love and how to know what true love feels like. We'll talk to you after the break. My life and my heart, your love has done its part. Now let him reign in my life and my heart. Your love has done its part. Now let him reign in my life and my heart. Your love has done its part. Now let him reign in my life and my heart. Your love has done its part. Well, welcome back. You're joining Shadow of His Wings Ministry, Healing Hidden Wounds Radio. We're glad you're back. And uh, we are talking tonight about looking at the things that keep us from real love. Um, We're looking at letting go of the counterfeit. You know, sometimes we get caught up in things in our life that that keep us from knowing what real love is all about. And it's not meant to be it's not meant to be that way. Sometimes our parents accidentally don't know what real love is, so they teach us a counterfeit as well. Sometimes we get hurt along the way, you know. Shay came up with a title of a song that came to, to her mind. What's that song you thought Oh, about? no. I was just saying it's looking for love in all the wrong places. You know, I mean, that came from, I think it was where they go to bars and they're looking for looking for love. But uh, we're going to look about some other, look at some other places that's that you right. might look for love. Well, and that's, you know, that song comes to mind because sometimes we do look for love in all of the wrong places. And so the most uh, amazing thing... Did, did you want to add something? No, I was just I got just got a note that says it was from Urban Cowboy. All right, it's a new Urban Cowboy. So sometimes we do look for love in all the wrong places, and um, and so what? And we're not t- necessarily knowingly. Sure, and absolutely sometimes not knowingly. And I so, know you mentioned just a minute ago that sometimes even our parents may may give us love in the wrong ways, but I, I, that also is not knowingly. Sure. I can't think of many times when it is knowingly. It's usually just out of our own broken places. Exactly. You know, say you get hurt somewhere in your upbringing. You know, you have a a rejection, an abandonment. Somebody breaks up with you out of a relationship. And so you begin to build a wall that says, well, 
you know, I will never go through that kind of hurt again. Or I will ne- never let my children go through that kind of hurt again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or maybe, you know, we're talking about the, now that we're jumping in, one of the first counterfeits we have here is the, the counterfeit of what religion is. Now, before you turn off the radio and say, well, this is not a Christian show, if they're saying religion is a counterfeit, we are saying that religion can be a counterfeit to true love if you become more about the religion that you practice than about the love of Christ. And so sometimes if you think about it, you can be raised in a home where you're more concerned or your parents might be more concerned simply because they don't know maybe the true love of Christ, maybe they believe Loving Christ means doing. And so your life is more about being in church every Sunday, being a part of the choir, working in the kitchen, doing all these things because you're required to work for your salvation. So would you say that the Pharisees are were an example of this? I think the Pharisees are one of the greatest examples of religion becoming a counterfeit. You know, every... Every place in the Bible that I can think of that Jesus had interactions with the Pharisees, it was usually them trying to catch him in a place of breaking the law when all he was doing was offering love and grace. Right. And so I think that's what happens when religion becomes the counterfeit to love is it's it says, you know what, I do religion You know, we do not sing, we do not sing this kind of music, we don't do this, we don't do that, we don't do this. Any kind of laws that we get so caught up in, you know, that you can't see how to love someone through your rules and regulations. Well, and the interesting thing is that even the people... You know, that kind of we're talking about the, that are kind of stuck in religiosity and, and this Pharisee spirit would not even really be open to, to looking at the possibility of, you know, where they may not love well or where Absolutely. they may, you know, look at the more of the counterfeit. Absolutely. Love. Because most living likely, in their not living in their religiosity, sure, it's hard for people to see. It is because most likely they would puff their chest at that point and say, "I know that I know, and you're right. wrong," right. you know. And so that's why it's sometimes hard to get at that particular counterfeit place because true love says, you know, why would you feel that way? Right. You know, I mean, or, or really just try to look at it and and pray about it and say, you know, I really, you know, I don't I don't want to have that spirit, you Absolutely. know, and so, you know, to really seek truth and not just to automatically say, no, what I believe is truth and everything else is a lie. That's right. And while you're talking about that, I think that's an important place to go. If you feel that immediate reaction, oh, that can't be me, or oh, no, that's not true. If you feel that reaction, you might need to look at that place because usually that's the place of I refuse to go there. And there could be some hardness of heart there that's keeping you from seeing something. You know, Jesus healed on the Sabbath, and the the Pharisees didn't like that. But if you realize, if you can look at what his true motive there was, it was a true motive of love. I'm going to heal this person on the Sabbath, and so that's a, a great place. Um, and that's what kind of love he he demonstrated. 
So that's where some of the things that we're talking about is just the religion can become a counterfeit to true love because you begin to worry more about what you do than who you are. You become to, to worry more about the law more than who you who Jesus was. Amen. One of the other counterfeits uh, we're looking at is is the counterfeit of too much knowledge. Uh, I think we may have a, a caller on the line. Uh, let's see who that is, and maybe we'll take this call. But as we're getting that together, uh, when you begin to look at knowledge, that can also be a counterfeit. And I know that we got we got Harold on the line. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take that call. Harold? Hi, Harold. You're on the line. How can we help you tonight? Well, I don't really need any help. I was going to make some comments. Great. Uh, you're discussing love and um, uh the love, let me see, how, how would I start this? That is such a hard word to define, and I, God may be the only one that can define it, but getting back to earth. You know, I talked to one of my sisters, you know, how women, I have two twin sisters, actually, and this rage that wives have, maybe girlfriends, they seem to think that's love, and and I'm doing this because I love you. And I talked to my sister, Barbara, it's been about a year, uh, and I said, Barbara, why... What, what what do you see out of all, you know, how does all this happen? And she says, Harold, the jealousy starts as soon as they walk out of the church. And she she works with a lot of abused girls, women, and it it just seems like when people are getting married, it's like the reason they're getting married, they seem to be so unhappy as soon as they get married because what they thought they were getting was not what they, they're always after something other than what the guy is the guy is this one thing and this is what he has to offer he has you know he's got his brand new truck and he's got a nice place to live but that's just your way out of your your um your condition or whatever you want to run from i mean i've been married 40 years so i've been through a bunch of ins and outs and trying to understand what in the world love is so and if we were to ask you, yes, ask me. Okay. What would you What would you say love is? Well, even even in your heart of it being hard to define. The first thing I would say love is is to realize. Let me see. Is to realize when your partner needs help or vice versa. To stop and slow down and turn your day off, take an extra day off, maybe, and listen. And sometimes when people are too quiet, that's a sign that there's something not right. I think love is right there in that silence. So sometimes you're saying love is a, perce- a, a being able to perceive in, in another person that they're hurting or that they need to feel love right in that moment? If you react to that, what you just said, in a kind way, I believe that's when you're showing your love for that person. And that person at that time, you know, a, a wife is great. She does everything you need. But sometimes there's, let me think, sometimes they get overwhelmed. I know they get overwhelmed. And when that happens, when she's given, let me see, Everything that she can give, that's when you step in 
and you realize it's time for you to pick up the ball and carry it for a while. Amen. That's a sacrificial love, isn't it, Harold? Well, I think marriage is sacrificial. It sure is. I told is. my mother once, I, uh, I think I was married 30, 38 years. Mama, you know what I learned? Marriage is about sacrifice. She goes, Harold, where in the heck have you been? <laughs> I'm self-absorbed, I guess, you know? Well, it sometimes takes us 38 years to finally realize it, but it, yeah. it's good that you realize that. That's great. Those but are great examples. the jealousy is, is terrible. You know, the jealousy... And, um, but you know what, Harold? I would encourage me. you that even jealousy can be healed by love. Well, I don't say it can't be, but I'm just saying it causes trouble. It sure can. But if you if you can deal with it the right way in love and understanding and, and looking at it and saying, I see why you're jealous is because you feel unloved right now, then uh, then that can sometimes help. Well, I appreciate the call in, Harold. We're going to keep talking more about fine. Christ yes. tonight, but we sure it's good to hear from you. Haven't yes. heard from you in a while, and we appreciate okay. the call. And thanks for answering, okay? You're sure welcome. Have a great night, and God right, bless bye-bye. you. Well, let's talk a little further about uh, the next counterfeit, which is knowledge. Uh, now, some people kind of put the brakes on on this one and say, well, I don't know what that means. Uh, I don't know why they're saying that knowledge could be a counterfeit to love. What do you think about that? Well, I think sometimes, you know, love takes us to a places, and when we seek love, it takes us to a place, to places where sometimes we feel comfortable, and sometimes knowledge is a comfortable place for folks. You know, if you if you can understand it, if you can know it, you know. Um, you know, then you are able to provide it or to to just be there. To make sense of it. Yeah, make sense of it. And sometimes love is, is unate. You can't always understand it. It just is. And sometimes knowledge becomes a counterfeit when you, when you begin to replace A plus B should equal C rather than looking at the truth of what love is, which is not always A plus B equals C. Love is not always linear. You may not always be able to read a self-help book or find a place where you can see, oh, this makes sense to me. I see it in a diagram now. Mm -hmm. Because love may not be able to answer that question. Um, And sometimes people, they put all their hope in what they know rather than what they feel. I personally believe that there's a bit of a combination of both of those. Yes, God gave us a mind. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So he wants our love to be encompassed in all of those places. Exactly. But sometimes people get very caught up in going to a Bible study and just learning more or buying a book and reading more. Um, And you have to be careful with that because knowledge can certainly get in the way of love because you can be thinking, well, I have to make sense of this rather than sometimes just realizing that love is just, is, is, is also a feeling. Yes, it's an action. Yes, it's something that you do, but it's also sometimes a feeling in spite of what you know. Exactly. Let's talk about a counterfeit of love, uh, to love also being control. Uh, now we get into a bit of a sticky place, right? Because people don't like to be called controlling, but sometimes people are controlling. That's true. Um, Control, in our opinion, absolutely is uh, the antithesis of love. It is the opposite of what love is. It actually works against love. 
Because control says, I can only love you if. If you do this, if you do that, if you don't do this, if you don't do that. If you treat me this way, I won't love you. If you don't treat me this way, I won't love you. I will love you if it be, if you can do this, but I won't love you if you can't do that. Well, and it doesn't always look at what the other person can do. It sometimes says, I can love you, but I can't do this. Absolutely. You know? Those... I refuse to cross this line because this is about what I can do, and so I can't meet you where you are. Exactly. And so, and, and I would just like to offer that love has no boundaries. Uh-oh, now you're getting into something. I know, it's that whole boundary word again. Don't I, get me started. <laughs> I think it is important. We're just offering for you to begin to pray about, you know, does love have boundaries? You know, and to, and to be thinking about, and I know it's a difficult place, and we're not going to, we that could be a whole show in and It of is itself. a whole show. Don't even go there. But just to begin to think about, was Jesus' love filled with boundaries? You know, did he say things like, well, I can't love you if, or if you do this, then I, I will not I will be able this. to do that. And so those are kind of the, the basis of foundational, I mean, I mean, the basis of boundaries is a, is a foundation of, of conditions. And you just have to begin praying. We're not trying to, to break into your world tonight, but we are trying to say, what if God were to say, you know, well, I can't love you if. Well, and you say we're not trying to break into into their world, but however, we are trying to break in enough just to question. We're not sure. saying right or wrong. We're just saying consider. It's that whole thing. Be willing to consider and think about it and yes, process. Because the one thing boundaries can be is boundaries can be safe. Because when you can set up a boundary that says, I refuse to do this if you do that, then, yeah, it can keep you from getting hurt, and it can also keep you from being out of your own comfort zone. But I still would ask you just to pray about what would happen if God said, yes, I agree, I can only love you if, well, or I won't love you if. And I don't know that it really keeps you from getting hurt. I think it feels like it does. It feels like it does, but it doesn't keep you from getting hurt. It just gives you a way out if you do get hurt. Absolutely. That's a good way to put it. Hey, we are. It may even just seem to give you a way out because then you're actually, it puts you in a place where you have a decision to make. Do you stick to what your consequences were or. Or do you go back on your consequences? True. And, 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 and let's and put provide. an example to that because, they're, you know, something we oftentimes work with are wives who've caught their husbands in sexual brokenness and have said, if you ever do this again, I will leave you. And then something happens where it happens again. And then they're confronted with this boundary they just set up that says, I will not put up with this again. And so I, now I must follow up on my threat or my boundary and so now I am going to leave, but then they hear the Lord say, then, yeah. wait a minute, you, I want you to stay. Exactly. And that's why you have to begin looking at those things, those boundaries that you've set up that say, I won't allow this, I won't allow that, and what that does. Hey, we are a call-in show. Our number is 210-340-9585, and we're talking about letting go of the counterfeit tonight. And I and I we're not at all saying that we we don't understand the reason behind you know setting up things saying I just can't 
tolerate this and I can't do this, you know. But, you know, to do it in a way where where it becomes control and trying to control everything that happens is just real difficult. It's not sure. it, it doesn't even make for a great healing process for the person that's trying to be freed out of out of something. Absolutely. It actually shuts down the healing process because it basically says I can only love you so far. And I can only live by rules. Right. Which is usually what causes a lot of brokenness in the first place is that as that conditional love that says I can only love you if and so that is a counterfeit. Exactly. Well, let's talk a little bit about power being a counterfeit. Okay. What do you think about power being a counterfeit? Um, I'm not sure. What do you think? <laughs> well, I think uh, the reason why I put power down is I think sometimes I was talking to a guy once who his hurt was that he had always been told he was dumb as a child. Uh, his parents didn't think he was quite intelligent enough. His teachers didn't think he was quite intelligent enough. And so he set out on a mission to make money and to be successful and to be powerful so that people would finally see that he was intelligent, that he was better than what everybody thought he was. And he amassed great wealth. He had uh, a good, a well-paying job. He had a nice house, nice home, nice children, nice cars, all the things somebody might want. But he sat in my office one time and said, I don't understand why I just feel so lonely still. And that's because sometimes all of the, the world's wealth and all of our, uh, our accomplishments don't take away the loss of feeling unloved when someone says, you're not quite smart enough. You know, the love there could have been a parent saying, you know what, son, we love you just the way you are, and we think you can do anything. Mm-hmm. See, that's what he was looking for. And yet we sometimes forget that broken place, and we try to cover it with all of the success. Well, if I can just show people that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a success, that I'm not the failure everybody sees me to be, Because just because you can acquire great things doesn't mean you ever let go of that little boy's heart that says, hey, you're just dumb and you're not going to make it. And so that can be a part of the counterfeit to real love because real love says we don't really care what you acquire. We love you anyway. And that shows a deep love. That shows a love that says you don't have to do anything. We just love you anyway. So let's talk a little bit about another counterfeit. Um, let's talk about success. And I think we kind of included power and success together. So let me move on for the sake of time. Let's talk about comfort being one of the counterfeits. Comfort. I'm trying to understand exactly what you, how you would see comfort as being a counterfeit. Well, I think comfort... Uh, when done in the wrong way, and I mean, these are all offerings. This isn't absolute truths, but um, sometimes comfort can be a counterfeit when you try to do everything for someone to prove your love. When you become a great doer, you know, a mom that, you know, and I know this is getting getting in a fine line, and we were discussing this, I don't know what you're 
Uh, I'm sorry, we had. I was trying to see what Shay was writing for me there. Um, you know, comfort is walking alongside someone and helping them rather than just doing everything for them. Okay. You know, thinking about the person who is comforted by a mom who just does everything. You know, they don't really learn how to do it on their own. Mom just does it. You know, that doesn't teach them that I love you enough to, to let you fail and then help you along that way. It's constantly doing it for them ahead of time. Uh, comfort, I know sometimes growing up in comfort is this feeling of I'll give you everything. Uh, they try to give them anything they've ever wanted. They buy everything for them. You know, the kid who has everything and then still wants more. Sometimes you get past that. It's comfortable to know that you have everything, you know, have you have the all the latest and greatest. But real love sometimes is not giving them all the latest and greatest, but 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 loving them without having to always give them something. So what do you think? So what's wrong with comfort? Well, I think comfort can sometimes cause you to begin to turn to those comforts rather than than finding what real love is. You know, if, when you go and find yourself shopping all the time because, you know, mom always ran out and bought you a new outfit when you had a bad day. So you're basically talking about comfort and material things. Comfort in material things, comfort in food, comfort in, in, in just being uh, given things. I can't understand. <laughs> well, you keep trying to give me something, and I can't tell what that is. So it's just that ongoing thing of comfort, and and sometimes, you know, I guess what I'm I'm likening it to is what is real love. Well, is real real love is is comfort. It's like comforting a child. It's rubbing his back. It's it's playing with his hair. It's doing all those things, but. But what real love is, is not always giving something. It's allowing them you to walk alongside them. I know we're running out of time. You've been listening to Shadow of His Wings Ministry, Healing Hidden Wounds Radio. We're glad you're here. We may actually pick this up next week because we want to keep talking about counterfeits. Uh, join us next week. Look at our website, www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com. And we'll look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Healing Hidden Wounds, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We hope through the words spoken here, you found Christ's hope, healing, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry, and this radio show is listener-supported. Please go to www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate if you'd like to support the work we do. 